It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. My guest this morning is Meathead Goldwyn. In his 2016 book, Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling, was a New York Times bestseller. And his website, AmazingRibs.com, is the world's largest and most popular barbecue and grilling website with hundreds of tested recipes, original scientific research, myth-busting tips and technique, and unbiased equipment reviews. And this morning, Meathead's joining me to talk about his fifth annual Top Best Value Grills and Smokers of 2017. Welcome to Amy's Table, Meathead. Well, thank you, and uh, it's good to be back. You know, I have to say that every time you're on, I learn so much, and this is going to be a very good topic because I'm actually in the market for a new grill. Oh, are you now? What I you am. Now? I have uh, uh, the Genesis, the Weber Genesis. You know, that's a nice unit. Um, uh, I, and in fact, I like the older models better than the new one that just came out. Do you really? So should I try and just get it kind of retuned or something? Well, how old is it, and what's uh, what's the problem with it? It's seven years old. Um, one of the knobs doesn't really work anymore. I don't know. It just feels like it's time. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, it's, it's not. Time, then it's time. But they, you know, Weber sells old. You can get replacement knobs. You can get replacement parts. That's one of the reasons to buy a Weber um, uh, is that they are just their customer service. They keep parts inventory. A lot of fly by night companies they don't have them. Um, uh, and these old Genesises, they're they just keep on chucking. And like I say, I, the new one is really gorgeous. It's really beautiful. It's really expensive, and I like my older one better than the new one they sent me to test. Okay, that's important for me to know. So so this brings us to a little off topic and yet on topic at the same time. If you've got a good grill, do you take it somewhere for service? I mean, is there someone who can kind of give it a tune-up? You know, there are barbecue stores scattered around the country, opened usually by people who are fanatics about barbecue, and they will often do maintenance and service and upgrades if you want them to. But it's not hard to do yourself. On AmazingRibs.com, my website, I have basic instructions on how to clean up and uh, things like the um, heat deflectors. They're an upside-down V-shaped bar that your grill has. Those things get rotted out and caked with carbon, and they're easy to replace. Um, and uh, it'll really add life just getting rid of those and getting new ones. Um, looking at the um, the uh, the tubes through which the gas flows right. and making sure all the holes are open, poking holes um, with a paper clip helps a lot. So there's a lot you can do to maintain and uh, revive an old grill. Okay, I am on it, and the next time we talk, I'm going to let you know whether I was successful or not. And and that brings me to another thing, though. We moved to a, another house, and it has a gas connection so that your grill can go right to your gas supply of your house. And yet mm-hmm. we were told that they no longer offer that as a, um, you can't buy the little add-on needed to attach to a, a gas supply because people have been blowing themselves up do you find Um, that to be true too or do you know some little trick that we could make perpetual gas supply from our house it it depends some grills 
can easily be adapted to natural gas. Okay. Now, there is a difference in the energy efficiency of natural gas and propane, so you have to have a special adapter, and some manufacturers sell those adapters, and some don't. Weber has adapters for many of their grills, um, so if you're shopping for a new grill or a new gas grill, you want to ask, do you have a natural gas adapter? Uh, before you plunk down your cash. Not everyone can be adapted to natural gas. Okay. But the risk and the danger is not any greater than propane. You just need to handle natural gas carefully. Right. Um, uh, you, when, you, when you light it, you want to make sure the lid is up in case gas builds up under the lid before it ignites. You don't have a poof. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's smart and, say, again, it sounds like a commercial. We have a lot of good information on safe handling of grills. Yeah, I am going to go check that out. I'm going to learn even more from you. I'll tell you <laughs> what. Well, obviously, it is grilling time of year, although for many of us, you especially, grilling is a year-round pastime. But people are buying grills this time of year, and how do they decide? What do you recommend for deciding between gas and charcoal? First thing, of course, is start with how much you're willing to spend. Um, you, you know, there is a law of diminishing returns. A thousand-dollar grill is usually better than a five-hundred-dollar grill, but it's rarely twice as good. So you get more the more you spend, <clears throat> but not always. And that's why we, we. I actually have a guy who works for me named Max Good. Max is a full-time grill and smoker tester. The guy's got a better job description than I do. <laughs> he does nothing but test grills and smokers all day long. Um, and uh, once a year, he comes out with his top ten list, and that's what we just published. Um, and it's on AmazingRibs.com, the top ten charcoal grills, gas grills, uh, and so on. Um, as far as money is concerned, charcoal grills actually tend to be less expensive than gas grills because they're a little less complex. Um, stainless steel grills, they look beautiful, but they're more expensive than um, a cast aluminum, right. and they're not any better. Uh, stainless steel is not more effective or efficient than cast aluminum or other materials, uh, so you can save money by steering away from uh, stainless steel. And I'll tell you, the stainless steel, once you've got a stainless steel, you end up going out there polishing it all the time. I so it's know. Beautiful. You don't care if you've got a, uh, a, I mean, it's the inside has to be clean. The inside has to be clean. You know, I don't worry too much about the outside. So I, stainless steel is a way, steering away from stainless is a way to save money. Um, and, and you want to look for, I mean, if you think about what you cook a lot, uh, if you cook a lot of steaks, charcoal is still the way to go because it, it produces more energy. And energy is what sears a steak and gives it that gorgeous brown crust. Uh, most gas grills cannot get a really good dark brown crust on a steak or a hamburger unless they come with what they call a sear burner. And that's a special burner that's tuned to give extra heat. And that's a really nice feature. If you're buying a gas grill, I strongly recommend you look for a sear burner, especially if you like to do steaks. If you want a gas grill, because it's really convenient and it's easy, you yeah. fire it up, there's less cleanup, less fuss, less muss, and you want a gas grill, then for when you want that great steakhouse steak, 
you might consider having a small charcoal grill on the side. And even a a $50 hibachi can do great steaks better than most gas grills. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about hibachis. That's an interesting little add-on. Good call on that. That's interesting. And, you know, one of the beauties of gas grills is you have really good fine-tuned temperature control. Yeah. You can actually sear it on a cheap hibachi where you can get the steak right down next to the coals so you can get really good hot, dark brown sear on the meat and then cook it on the gas grill at a lower temperature to finish cooking it or do what we love to do with thick steaks, reverse sear it, cook it on a low temperature on a gas grill, throw some wood on there to get some smoke, and then move it over to a hot charcoal grill to sear that snot out of it. Oh, I like reverse sear as a technique. That is a great idea. That's a great idea. So let's say we're looking for a grill and we're really on a budget. What are some of the best grills if if we're really feeling pinched? Well, um, you know, we... We, we, we mentioned the, the Weber brand earlier. Uh, you know, they, the, their original grill, the Weber kettle, you know, the, 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 the little round kettle grill that they invented in mm-hmm. the 65 years ago. Wow. 65 years old this year, um, is still one of the best grills out there for the money. The stripped-down basic unit is around 125 bucks, 130 bucks. Um, uh, 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 maybe 150 bucks, depending on where you buy it. I think I saw it on Amazon for 130 recently. They make a more expensive model with a shelving, you you know, storage for charcoal and a and a and a, and a propane igniter, and that's around 400 bucks. Those are great units. With charcoal, the key is is you have to remember you have essentially two fuels. You have charcoal and oxygen. And controlling airflow is crucial. So when you're shopping for a charcoal grill, you want something that gives you good airflow control so you can turn off the air or turn on the air. And that means a good lid that seals fairly tightly. A lot of cheap charcoal grills have a lot of air gaps, leakage around the lid and stuff. And that limits your ability to control airflow and temperature. The key to any cooking, indoors and out, and you know this as well as anybody, is temperature control. Can you control the temperature? Right. Can you imagine trying to cook indoors if you didn't have a thermostat on your oven? Um, uh, the, the outdoor grills, their temperature control is tricky, and those dial thermometers on the d- top dome are worthless, um, if you're planning on a new grill, budget fifty to a hundred dollars, depending on your, pl- your 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 means, um, for a good digital oven thermometer for the grill. There are thermometers that have like a probe on a on a, on a cable, so the probe can actually clip onto the grill right next to the meat, and it can feel the same temperature that the meat is feeling. That dial thermometer in the dome, first of all, it's not an accurate measuring device, and second of all, it's up in the dome. The temperature is different up there. Right. You're not going to eat the dome. You want to eat the food. So add, add into your budget uh, a digital thermometer. Also, we rate and review thermometers on our website, and there are some good ones for under 50 bucks. 
Oh my gosh, you are such a wealth of information. I'm going to direct everybody to AmazingRibs.com. you got to check out all of the best for 2017 and all of the tips for maintaining and repairing a grill and thermometers and all of it. It's an absolute wealth of information. Talking to people like you who really know food and are passionate about it is, is much more fun than uh, the sports shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God you're not talking to me about sports because you'd be sadly disappointed. <laughs> well, again, check out Meathead's book. It's called Meathead, the Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. And also make sure to check out his site, AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, thanks so much for joining me on Amy's Table. Uh, great to be back. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman, yeah. Q102.